0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Everyday Hair Colourist. Today, my guest is Sophie Boulivant, better known as Colour Me Sophie B. Hello.
1: Hello. I'm
0: so glad I could get you on here. Welcome.
1: I am so excited to be on here with my buddy.
0: <laughs> Your Insta buddy who you met.
1: I know. Yeah. <laughs> the- The power of networking
0: (laughs) the power of networking and that's really what I wanted to talk to you about today really because uh, you've got this fantastic story I've personally find it it really speaks to me which is something I always enjoy um how long have you had your salon now
1: wow well it is we had our second birthday in February this year um and um the, the wheels started kind of turning probably about six months before that, but it was launched um, two years ago.
0: Two years ago. So before that, you were in a salon working.
1: Yeah.
0: W- working hard like all working of us. Working hard. What was the push to set up your own business? Because that's, that's kind of a huge leap, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was really um, in a place where I'd never wanted my own salon. I just loved working behind the chair and um, I wasn't very good at math. So um, that kind of was something that was always in the back of my head, where you know I, I was concerned, you know, if I did do it, how I would kind of get on running it and stuff like that. Um, right,
0: because it's very it's very different, isn't it? Yeah. I think working working behind a chair, you yeah. can. You can run a column and that be successful, but running a business has so many other skills in it.
1: Massively. And um, I'd had some business coaching with HPS, um, and uh, that went on for around about four or five months. So
0: before you opened your salon, you did your business coaching?
1: Yeah. So it was actually the salon owner that was having the business coaching, but the team got involved as well. Oh, wow. Um, And we were allowed to um, sit it with him. So we all did it. And um, and after that, really, it just kind of um, made me look at myself completely different, and look at my look at all the amazing things and um, with regards to branding and stuff that I had created within somebody else's salon or by myself, um, and it really made me look actually that the maths part of it was actually a really small part in the end. Um, Because I could learn it, you know? It was just scary because I didn't know it.
0: Yes, I think the the fear of the unknown is is what puts people off doing things, isn't it? The the fear. But you were branded, I remember this, because before you set up the salon, you were still Colour Me Sophie B. I was, and
1: I've been that for like, what, um, six years before I launched my business.
0: And so you were a brand within a brand at that point?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I just after my master's, my Weller master's degree, um, I, I branded myself as Colour Sophie B and um, in the end trademarked myself. Um, and it just um, really helped, you know, bring like a, a steady um, flow of guests and new guests um, to the salon. So it was awesome, really.
0: So you'd actually really done quite a bit of work, yeah. some of it, not even knowing that yeah, you were working exactly. towards this. So
1: all the things that I kept looking at, thinking that I was terrible at, you know, and those were the reasons as to why I could never do it, you know, it, it, having a business coach, it made me look at all the amazing attributes I do have, you know. Right. It um, and, and made me almost look at myself as a third person, You know, and I thought, why aren't I doing this? This is ridiculous, you know. Um, I can learn all the other stuff if somebody will show me.
0: Well, that's that's the way, isn't it? That's that's our business. Yeah. Somebody shows you how to do a new haircut, you practice it, you get better at yeah. it. Somebody shows you a new colour technique, and so you applied those learnings to being yeah, a business owner.
1: Definitely. And um, I'd also seen a lot of um, you know in my time because I am forty. So in my time since I was fourteen, being in this industry, I had also seen almost how not to do it. If you see what I mean, I'd worked for a few people um, and not that they weren't good employers. It was just that there was, again, bits they were good at and bits they weren't, you know. So I'd picked up a lot of, um, you know, information going through my normal career just behind the chair and watching other people and how they did it. And I just said to myself, if I'm going to do this, okay, I am going to give it my best shot and I'm not going to be scared And all the things that do scare me, I'm going to do them 12 times over until it becomes the norm and doesn't scare me anymore.
0: I think that's brilliant advice. It really is. That's really cool. So call me Sophie B. Well, I know that she's sassy.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. What else is is she?
1: I would say she's quite tough um, on the outside, um, but as soft as anything in the middle on the inside um i would say i'm bold i'm kind of like full of spirit um and i I very rarely ever give up you know i'm I'm like a dog with a bone if i want something okay i'm just gonna keep going till i get it
0: tenacious
1: (laughs) yeah a bit like our first date
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes that was funny wasn't it? that was a coterie event wasn't it?
1: yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know I think um, those that are kind of mentor um they would say that I'm really inspiring to them, you know, but if you're right. somebody that hasn't got a can do attitude, I would probably be your worst nightmare.
0: <laughs> I think that's fair enough. I think people might say that about me too because <laughs> I kind of I kind of feel like that it's like, let's find a solution. Yep. Yeah. Don't, just, don't just give me the option of no. And I hate the word yeah. no. Or
1: problems. Stop keep giving us loads of problems. Let's, let's yes. see what we can do, you know? So maybe that's yeah. why we get on so well, because we have the same mindset.
0: Maybe so. So you open your salon. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: And how did you go about, there's a couple of things in this. So what I want to talk about, social media, obviously. How did you, but first of all, I want to talk about picking a team, the yeah. right team. Which is so important. How did you how did you find the people you wanted?
1: So I was really dead set that I, I wanted to employ people with the right mindset. I didn't care about where, where they were in their career at that point because I know I can do all the other stuff. Again, right. So I you, other... you know, like the training and the social training and the jazz hands training and the sass training. You know, everything that I wanted to mould them into, I could, I could produce. But what I needed were people who were mouldable. Yes, and that was the thing. So I could have plucked, you know, five of the best hairdressers in Birmingham and paid them like you know, ridiculous money to make them come, you know. But having people within the business model that we have walking around like proud peacocks and all arguing and being horrible to each other, you know, and all that kind of thing was really never going to work. And so what I wanted was to find people who were maybe a bit like the underdogs, you know. Right. Um, People who... Maybe you've never been given the opportunity to shine, you know, and all they needed was a really strong mentor to show them how, you know. And so that's what it did, really. Um, so currently, at the moment, there's five of us. Right, Um, And um, I have two, within that, I have two um, trainees. One's already qualified that needed bringing on. And this is such a massive problem at the moment with hairdressing, where you're getting people spat out of college who just aren't ready. And maybe they're older. So like Chloe, she's like, she's 20, 21? No, she's 21 now. And um, she was like that. So she sat her MVQ two, and nobody would take her on. Um, because she was too old, you know, and she needed too much work. So at the time when I was recruiting for this position, I was looking for just that, somebody who's hungry, somebody who just wants an opportunity. Um, and it's great that she's a bit older because she knows what she wants. Um, so, yeah, choosing an underdog, it was for me, was absolutely vital um, and a major part of my business model because... You know, not only is it going to be giving opportunities to people who need bringing on and maybe six to 12 months um, of education, and you can look at that as as a bad thing, but really it means that you're going to get your, like, best employee ever um and they're gonna you know walk like you talk like you do everything like you and be completely on brand be so happy to be on brand um and feel you know blessed that they've had such a great opportunity um, especially when they're not going to get it from anywhere else
0: that's a really good point because we're, we've talked to quite a few americans on this podcast. And the American way is slightly different. You go into, you do your hours, which uh-huh. is equivalent of an MVQ 3. Yes, But then okay. if you want to upskill and train up and go into a smart salon, you have to, what you've done in college passes the exam, but doesn't really give you the skills to be on the floor yeah. in the salon. And so often, I think that people think in the UK that they've got their NVQ 2 and then that's it and you don't need to do any more. And as we're trying to pull in older people into the industry who have got better skills than some of the younger people. Yes. It's quite it's 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 a nice little juxtaposition that you've got going on that you're talking about.
1: Oh, massively. And the great thing as a salon owner, which I think is really jammy as well. I love it. Is that like you've always got like every six to eight months, you've got someone new.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know,
1: they're quicker to turn around because they know what they want, they've got half idea about what they're doing, okay? And they are just so happy to have the opportunity, you know, that they've got that got that fire in their belly jack, you know? Um and I think, obviously, a lot of people who are 21, 22, 23, or maybe it's um, somebody who's had a kid or maybe somebody who has been mobile for a long time and they miss the salon environment, yes. it's perfect for them. And, you know, again, I, I hear all the time loads of salon owners like moaning there's not enough staff and stuff like that. But in this world, you've got to create your own opportunity. And I feel like by opening this position to them yes you have to pay more money you know and all the rest of it but you can get them on the salon floor twice as quick so i would rather pay twice as much and get them on the salon floor twice as quick than then then you know spend three years um from a basic apprentice level up for a pittance you know
0: that's very clever actually i really like that idea that you've got there spend a little bit more and really invest in your time and energy and they Will want to be with you. That's really cool. Yeah,
1: that's what I think, anyway.
0: So that's some of the people you employed, yeah. yeah? But and um, um, what else were you looking for?
1: Um, so um, basically, I had a bit of a nightmare last year where um, I had like two staff members get pregnant and go off on the same day. They were pregnant. On exactly the same day. I mean, what were they doing? I don't know. And my other staff, so I've got Hannah, she is a homegrown. I grew her within eighteen months of joining. She's eighteen. She's an absolute pocket rocket. Um, she's just incredible. Um, she was so moldable and so eager to, to push through, and she is certainly gonna be one to watch. She's she's amazing. And we are- she's doing
0: so well, isn't she? She oh, was yeah. you had you had her on Instagram yeah. from day one virtually. Yeah. And to have watched her grow over the two years is quite interesting too. And she's sort of grown into a young woman and she's doing stuff and she's on the floor now working. And you've really, really helped mould her, haven't you? Yeah.
1: Oh, And it's just, um, it must be like what it's like when you're like a bird in a nest and your little chicks fly out. It must be like that. Like as soon as she qualified, watching her next to me on the salon floor and teaming up with her to create oh, it's, it's just good, and I just don't think it's ever going to get old, you know, I look across the salon and just think, yes.
0: <laughs> yes. I think that and lovely, lovely and supportive of it, her oh, as well.
1: Yeah, and she's just been a rock to me, as with all my girls have, you know, during, especially what's going on at the moment. But the interesting thing, I think, about my salon is that... Um, I don't run it and um, sort of uh, and lead from the front. I very, very much lead from the back. And um, I do that so that there is no ceiling on the girls earning potential, you know. So normally with a boss, they want to be the top dog, don't they? So on the list of, you know, stylist, art director, whatever there is, then the boss will be at the top. Whereas I can't actually wait until Hannah, you know, goes up through the tiering system and zooms past me. Um, you know, the, the floodgates are open. The opportunity is always open for all of my girls. And I, w- I will most definitely not be standing in any of their ways, you know. Um, and uh, I just encourage them on the daily to be awesome.
0: Now, education is huge for you, you um... What surprised me when I was following you was that you dedicate working days yeah. to education. Oh, yeah. But that's, I think that's kind of a rarity.
1: Oh, Can massively?
0: talk about that, the thought process on that? Because everyone's always saying that they don't have enough money for education. Yeah. Uh, we, we hear that a lot on platforms across the globe when we're teaching yeah. people that, oh, they don't have enough money. I often think it's because the education isn't relevant to the salon, yeah. the, the commercial salon. Yeah. But you made a very clear, conscious decision to dedicate days to education every week.
1: Every single week. So we have three hours. Um, So we do three hours every Tuesday and it alternates weeks from colour to um, cutting and styling and um, all the rest of it. And um, we get people in. Sometimes I take it, sometimes I do it. So at the moment, I'm training to cut with the team, which they find very funny. So, um, and it's really good fun, and it's great for them to also like see me in a situation where. I'm learning too, and I don't really know what's going on, you know. Um, And they, even our little assistant Lucy, she absolutely loves it. She thinks it's great, you know, that she's two haircuts ahead of me or whatever. Um, So it's a really great bonding experience. Number one, Um, it's
0: also it's also bite-sized, isn't it? Three hours, it's little. yeah,
1: Yeah. so also we create great content for our social, doing it as well. Well,
0: let me ask you this then. That's Oh, you're going way ahead of me. Well, I love it. So you're using your education moment yes. to create content as well. Oh, yeah,
1: because our guests love to see us together doing anything. We could eat a packet of crisps together and they'd love it, you know. It would be like great, amazing engagement. And they just love seeing us. Even if something's going wrong, it, doesn't, it really doesn't matter. They just love seeing, you know, they're like, five-piece hairy girl bands, you know, rocking it out together, and it's a massive part of our culture. Learning.
0: And that's yeah. the piece, isn't it? So once every week, for three hours in the morning, you dedicate to building the team, and you also utilise that to film content for stories or, for, or finished looks and things like that, which is really, really clever. I've, nobody has said that to me in these podcasts really? yes, So that's, yeah, the it's really thing, interesting. The other
1: thing that we do with it as well um, is that we, um, every, it's around about, it changes because it just depends, but around about every six weeks or so, we close the salon completely on a Tuesday. We don't work it. And so that day, we normally start with a staff meeting um, and then we normally go for a pub lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and then like we will have something in the afternoon so it might be a seminar or it might be one of the girls will demo something that she's learned or seen on youtube or something Um we do all sorts of things sometimes it's content again sometimes it's just staff pictures and we'll all get all dressed up and get up the flower wall and have a photo shoot and we've got this clicky thing where you click in, it just goes off. So we have loads of fun there, or we might make um, content for TikTok, or you know. But a, a lot of um, a lot of what we do, you know, is is about keeping our little hairy family unit together. You know, making sure everybody's got a chance to express their voice in a really relaxed environment. So we never argue. Never fall out. It, there's no bitching. There's none of that in my salon. Um, it just it just is completely like the wrong environment for it because everybody genuinely loves each other.
0: So you've created a great environment yeah. for them in that. And also what I think is clever is this this content thing as well as education. I mean, it's team building. Yeah. I, I take a day out. Obviously, I work for myself, but I take a, a day out on a Sunday and, and do content, whereas actually you're creating it with the team. Yeah. Every six weeks you're doing that yeah. and every education. Fascinating. With regards to the
1: content thing, I don't know whether you'll find this interesting, but while we're sharing.
0: Sharing is caring.
1: <laughs> I'm you you. Um, so the other thing that we do that well, that I will not have in my salon, we've got like the Ten Commandments, hairy style, right? So one thing I will not have is this kind of me, myself and I attitude, even down to content. So we have a Columbia Sophie Bean shared media bank in the salon. Every single image, every single TikTok, every single scaring Hannah out the toilet video, whatever we're doing, you know, and um, any kind of content that we create during the day, it must be shared with all team members so everybody can access it. So it all goes into our team media bank. And um, so if the maybe assistants are struggling with what to post, or say I was ill or something and they had to take over the media account, they've got lo- like endless supplies um, of media um, to be able to use, and we all share it.
0: So, talking about social media here, of course, that's how you and I met. Yeah. Um, that's how I've met virtually every guest that's come on this show. It's amazing. You talk about this media bank and everyone has to upload it to it. So it's basically a file sharing yeah. thing. So everyone's got access to it. Do you have the final say as the boss lady on what goes up and Absolutely goes out or where not. it goes? No.
1: Do you know why? Because, again, within our culture um, and within our like company like Hamburg, um which which I've written and I'm currently still writing for at the moment we have a whole part about social media where everybody's trained so everybody knows what fonts to use everybody knows what the colors are everybody knows what I like what I hate you know what's too tacky what's just about right and um all the girls are just, they're probably better at it than I am. It's probably them telling me, because they're really young, going, so, I don't think you should post that. That's not right, you know? They've got a really good eye for it. And we even have, (laughs) I can't believe I'm telling you this, (laughs) we we even have our own, like, dictionary of, like, words that we use, um, company words that you have to use.
0: What, like sas tas
1: Yeah, sas-tastic, sassy, uh, sas-alicious. Sassalicious. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so we have our own um, way of speaking, Um, and so not only do we use that within all of our social media posts, we even use it when we answer the phone.
0: Very clever piece of branding there, because whenever I see anything that says sassy, I always think of you and your salon.
1: I love that, Jack.
0: Yeah, and I think that's because you've just been the same message time and time again in different fun ways.
1: And I think the most important thing, you know, I mean, you know, industry could look at my media and, you know, people can sit on the fence with it or think, oh God, or, you know, whatever, but... For me, it has been so successful for me within the community, community that I'm in, um, locally, and um, everybody knows us. There is not; there 's hardly anybody that doesn't know who we are and what we are. And so, as far as I'm concerned, it's done its job, you know. And um,
0: I love, I love that because what you're talking about is and what social media should be about. For salons, I believe, is talking to their community of people that come to them and prospective people that come to them. I mean, it's great having a chat with somebody in London. I mean, that's how you and I met. Yeah. But are they going to, are they necessarily going to be your every six week routine? No. Probably not. So you need to know your target market. And you've done that really, really well.
1: Yeah. I think um, it is so important at the moment that whether you work behind the chair as a stylist, And whether you're an assistant coming up through the salon doing your training or maybe you're a vaderer um, who, who you're doing some intense training or you're a salon owner, it's very, very important that you know who you are, what you are and what you want. Okay, now, once you know those things and also know who your perfect guest is, social media becomes an absolute doddle, you know, because all of those points that I've just said, all of your social media should be talking to that person and be created for that person. Um,
0: Absolutely, because you want to attract, the, the great thing about social media, something like Instagram, is it's a window to your salon. Yeah. And it's a way in which you can speak to your clients when you're not in the salon or when they're not in the salon. Yes. And so I think it's really important. So many people are frightened of it. And are really caught up with having huge numbers. You now, the reality is that if you're uh, an international artist like me traveling around, you want to speak to different communities. Yes. But for in London, I want to speak to people as a hairdresser, a colorist who come to me in London. Of course. And that's once you figure that out, I think that's what makes it so much easier.
1: And and I think as well, like you know, where where I am um, have my business, and um, it's in a little village called Null in Sully Hall, um, and there's about twenty five hair salons. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And so when um, I was looking for premises, you know, the amount of people that told me I was like off my box for even thinking about opening a salon there. If I had a pound for every person who said, but there's already 24 salons there. Why would you open a salon there with all that competition? But my mindset was completely different. There were never going to be any competition because no one's going to do it like we do it, okay? And um, that isn't a big-headed thing because our perfect guests and our perfect avatar, if you like, they wouldn't want to go to those salons anyway because they're looking for something different. They're looking for a place that has more of a community feeling, you know, that's a bit crazy, that... You know, it's a bit like a girl gang that they can get involved in and feel involved in as a guest between sittings by following us on social media, you know? You
0: found your you found your USP.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about branding on there and the gram. So the flower wall. Uh-huh. Is, is very much you, isn't it? The flower yeah. wall, and you built flowers into all your stations, didn't yeah. you as well?
1: Well, I thought I'd let you into um, something that I haven't said anywhere. Um, I've never told anyone this on a podcast or anything like that. So um, I thought I thought I would tell you about you know why why we chose that and and how that became a thing. And um, so, like the pink rose um it kind of like it's quite funny really because it represents kind of like elegance and grace so if you send someone a bunch of pink roses you know and you look it up that's that's you know that's why you would send it um and um that kind of contrasts as well with the word sassy okay so if you look up the the word sassy the definition of that is lively bold full of spirit um, which kind of sums us up perfectly. And and I kind of thought that contrast of those two things, um, I just really liked that. It kind of was going to be like the essence of what we're all about. So I thought by having this massive flower wallpaper extravaganza thing going on within the salon, um, it kind of... Um, I don't know, it's kind kind of like a big thumbs up and a big pat on the back to kind of like all the women that support us and all our hairy community and followers that follow us. um, And I just think uh, from a branding perspective, um, it actually means more to us. As, as a hairy family unit than anybody actually knows. I'm sure people just think it's a flower wall to take pictures up against, but to us, it, it represents um, all of those things, really, within us.
0: So there's a nice little personal story in there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, the flower wall, has it caused you problems?
1: Massive problems. <laughs> 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 Um, and it actually you know go, going back to what we were just saying about knowing who you are what you are what you do okay so um, on an industry level it's not doing me any favours whatsoever
0: right <laughs> why is that then
1: nobody wants to post our work but then we don't want to have our work posted without it <laughs> so <laughs> it's a bit like this yes So um, I have struggled with this. I've got angry about this. Um, I I get offended by this. Right. Um, But also, on a flip of that, what's weird and what's kind of happening now is that a lot of the companies and people who initially told me, you know, I was an idiot for using it, you know, are kind of coming back at me now. And now the branding has got so strong and they're kind of softening a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yes, I think. But you see, sometimes it takes people a little while to change their mind, doesn't it? When they've got something set in their head, but you've stuck with your guns with it. Mm. And I always know when you come up on my feed that it's you. Yeah. Always. One, because lots of pink comes up. and I know that. (laughs) There's usually the word sassy somewhere in there. yeah. And then there's the flower wall and it comes up. And so I immediately think of you. And that's one of the most important things about social media is to keep your branding clear so that when anybody looks at a picture, they know it's you.
1: Yeah. And what's been really funny at the moment, well, it's not that funny. It made me laugh anyway, was um, obviously during this corona nightmare at the moment, I've obviously as a a business owner been um, calling all my suppliers. So I had um, spoke to a company um and um you know I was sort of saying to them look what can we do about the monthly payments can we halt them can we do anything can you help me or whatever um, and I wasn't really getting anywhere with it and then um I sent off an email it wasn't really a complaint it was just more of you know um, sent it to the um, organ grinder so to speak and then woe me I literally got a phone call of the CEO who was like, are you that flower wall woman <laughs> on Instagram?
0: <laughs> so you're known as, I know she was a sassy, but somebody else knows you as the flower wall yeah. woman.
1: Well, you know, I take it all day long. And um, because of that, you know, things turned round and, you know, it was all good. So I think, um, I think I, You know, I am not somebody who is bothered at being an international superstar. It it doesn't tickle my pickle. All I want is my business to be really successful and to become a household name amongst the people who are going to come in, you know, and join us in the salon. That's what I want.
0: I think that's really clear, and I think that's a really powerful message to lots of salons out there. Get your branding right. Yeah. You know, get your branding right. Talk to your local community. That's what you're interested in. And that's why people usually open salons. They want to be successful. Yes. You know, Um, and they want to draw in local people. And I think
1: the salons um, or business owners who aren't successful, I think it comes back to that they, you know, education on how to do business that's probably one you know the second thing is not knowing your who what and why okay and if you said to them so what is your business you know they can't tell you they're like oh well we, we we love everyone everyone's welcome in our salon okay and that's where they're going wrong because you need to find a niche find something that has a really strong message a really strong story behind it you know and um you know go after your social media for for that small minority rather than trying to be every everything to everybody, you know pleasing everybody
0: and that's the other thing that i noticed you don't do nails, you're not no. doing beauty, you support local salons that yeah. do but your your hair yeah your hair. Hair. hair beautiful blow dries, beautiful colors yeah. and hair
1: yeah definitely
0: one of the things that lots of people struggle with, and it's a personal struggle of my own as well, is getting that picture in the salon after you've done a client. Ugh. How do you do that?
1: Oh, or do you find know, it a struggle too? I don't know too? if I can say it on your podcast. I don't know if I can say it. Can I? Well, you can always cut this off.
0: <laughs> Give me the friendly version.
1: Um, so, we have a very unique way um of a lot we get a lot of questions a lot of dms from people who always ask us the same thing in our industry and they want to know how do you get your guests to smile so like happy and pumped in your profile features how are you doing this
0: is that because you're blowing them kisses from the sideline
1: um well, so um, normally, like, obviously, we get them really pumped in the beginning. So it's like a, it's a whole appointment thing. So we'll be like, right, we'll take you befores. And then we'll get you super sassy and snazzy. And then we'll get you some really awesome pictures, you know, for your Instagram and things like that. And they, they're all excited anyway. Um, and then when we go to the flower wall, <laughs> um, we'll, like, take some normal pictures and stuff like that just to settle them in. And then... Um, as soon as we, we turn them round, because I think a lot of the times they don't think they're going to have one from the front, so they probably stand from the back, and then we sort of do a bit of a 360, and when they come round and they look, I say something really cheeky and rude to make them burst out laughing, and then that's how we get the shot. <laughs>
0: it's brilliant, because everybody always looks like they're having a good time
1: Yeah,
0: on your gram. <laughs>
1: And then they always say, why are you after? You don't see the after you see. So they're like laughing. And then they're like, why would you say that to me? And then we all like laughing more. But it always gets the best shot.
0: Brilliant. I think mean, that's a really great tip. I find <laughs> it really hard getting the picture in the salon because there's other people around and the lighting and I want it to be a certain way. But you've... you've You're you're branded all the way through it.
1: Yeah, the whole team are there, right? So when we're taking a shot, it's like a team thing. Somebody's got the hairdryer underneath, you know. Someone's got the ring light up here, you know. So
0: is it is it usually the last client of the day or the first one Um, of the morning? It's
1: it's it's our culture. Every every person that comes in gets up that flower wall.
0: I love it. (laughs) It's a thing. It's a great way to create content.
1: Yeah, they actually get they actually get upset if we if we don't ask them.
0: That's very good.
1: So they're very like, well, good I, indeed. They're, yeah, and some of them will be like, "Oh, they, they, my favorite bit is when they go and um, can I have a team selfie, and then we all get in it, <laughs> all of <laughs> us." And then we all take like, she takes selfies for Instagram with all of us
0: in it. Yeah, you've really created a culture, which is what we started off the conversation about. Now, I noticed recently, like, I mean, obviously you and I chat and you support me and I support you and help each other out and stuff like that. But I've noticed that you are, you're taking a day off in the week now to do all the stuff that you never liked.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And also, recently, my husband has just come into the business full time now right um, to help me as well and um, because um that there's so much going on at the moment Um, and um, we're we're just like at the moment looking at different streams of revenue obviously I'm looking to launch Colour Open B Pro that's going to take a lot of time Um, and obviously we have all the financials and stuff that never goes away every month it comes back Jack every month yeah
0: yeah. the financials do it's great that you're going to be launching the next phase I'm looking forward to seeing that that's really cool do
1: you know what I'm really excited about everyone keeps saying to me well what's your best testing sophie are you good at this and are you good at that and you know my strengths come from really getting behind um people with the basics really like at the moment uh, you know i've met quite a few colorists lately especially (gasps) who they're really good at say doing air touch balayage right but then if you Niche right down into the bare basics of how they're formulating and things. Yes. They can't do it. They can't. Yeah, I do think it. They're like, huh?
0: they, There's a lot of people out there that, when you dig deep, it's like, you know, don't understand things like undercoats and
1: exactly.
0: you know, um, the, the basic stuff that sets you up for the rest yes, of your life.
1: Massively. So my, my Colour Me So For Be Pro is all about empowering people. It's all about, you know, if you're a hairdresser and you've lost your mojo and you're really yes. struggling to get pumped, well, I'm going to be there, you know, like Mrs. Motivator, um, you know, pumping up the nation, Jack, and um, getting people dead excited again.
0: That's br- I think the excitement is there in the conversation all the way through with you. You are Excited about what you're doing and about other people too, which is really nice. Now, you've also, I've noticed, and I could be wrong, because sometimes I'm just like spying, is that you've started doing some coaching.
1: Yeah!
0: And is that due to the success of what you've done that people have sort of said, oh, could you start coaching for us
1: so yeah so what it is is obviously within high performance stylists that that coaching um business actually only started i think it was seven months before i met them right so it all happened at the same time and um so obviously i did the coaching as a stylist first working for someone else and, and I obviously did everything they told me to do and and it, it w- I was just so successful with it I just sm- absolutely smashed it so then with their help I went on then to be a business owner um, and I have had um, coaching again okay to be a business owner and to learn business and how to be a boss lady um, and came out the other side and so they've obviously used my story Um, as well, within High Performance Stylist Group, to show people that, you know, if you implement the steps, anything is possible, you know? Um, And it was almost like a a sort of natural progression, really, at this point now. So I've known them for, what, two and a half years now? Yes, yes. Um, for, For me to, you know, sort of carry on helping others, um, and it's I, amazing. I absolutely love it.
0: You are definitely about supporting other people. Yeah. That just comes across in your conversation all the way through. And that's such a lovely quality in someone. So I'd like to thank you for today. It's been lovely catching up with you anyway. Oh, thank I, you. Nice loads of new tips. But just as an add-on, in this horrendous time that we have at the moment with everybody hairdressers struggling across the globe, really, because we're all in the same boat together. What is one thing that you're doing to keep yourself motivated?
1: So I am trying, you know, like in your life, OK? Like I'm going to go all Oprah on you now <laughs> to finish this up. And <laughs> um, So you know in your life how in your mind you're always like, you know, I need an eight-day week or um, I'm so tired, and, you know, all that kind of thing. I'm trying to almost see this um, time that we have as as a blessing, okay? It's it's almost like somebody has come along and and answered your prayers and pressed pause on your life. So not only um, can you use it to reset your own mind with what you want out of life, you know, if you hated your life, and every day you're getting up out of bed thinking you can't wait till it's Friday for the weekend, you know? This this time that we have been given, wanted or not wanted, obviously. Um, I just think you've you've got to be looking at it as a as a time to reset, as a time to do all those things that you never have time to do, okay? And make sure that your life which is so precious as we're seeing at the moment, okay, that you are not wasting a second of it, you know? Um, and if you're currently sitting thinking you don't like where you are in your life, you know, it's like that saying, move, you're not a tree, okay? You can do, <laughs> do whatever you want in this life, okay? You can. Um, I think for- you're right.
0: I think you really are right. I think that this is a time to... Define yourself yes. to figure out what you want to set goals. Yeah. And I love the fact that you're looking at it most days as a pause. Yes. And like like you, we have good days and bad yes, days. Yes,
1: don't get me wrong. I'm also like crying into a bloody wine bottle some nights, you know? It's not one of them, it's up and down, isn't it? But yeah. I just think you've got to keep your mindset. In the minute, on the minute, don't let your mind wander to the future because you cannot control it. All you can control is minute by minute, okay? And, you know, try and be productive with your time, okay? Um, And I think as well, um, you know, my last thought on it really is, you know, in another 20 years' time, if we're still alive, (laughs) because I'm 40 now, so... (laughs) Let's say 10. In 10 years' time, um, I don't want to look back. And when somebody asks me, do you remember where you were on lockdown? Okay, for me to not have a really positive story to tell. So so for me, this two to three months is going to be a time where I um, really make sure that that this setback you know, um, I'm going to use to make an absolute major comeback, you know, as soon as Boris gives us the go ahead, you know, I'm not going to waste a second.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much. Now you can follow Sophie on Colour Me Sophie B and it's colour spelt the English way, C-O-L-O-U-R, me, Sophie, B.
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks so much for being my sassiest guest Yes. Oh, yet.
1: thank you so much for asking
0: me. I love that. Pleasure. It. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did making it for you. Don't forget to subscribe on your channel that you download your podcasts from. iTunes is my favourite, but I know there are others out there. And also, if you want to follow me on stories on Instagram, it's Jack Howard Colour, C O L O R, the American way, not the English way. And on Facebook, it's Jack Howard Colour, C O L O R. And my website is www.jackhowardcolor.com.